Welcome to another message from Citizen Heights. We are located in the nation's capital, where our heart is to inspire hope, remove limitations, and help you experience God's possible for your life. Join Pastors Michael and Heather Giroux in their passion to help you live your best life. We hope you enjoy today's encouraging and uplifting message. Good morning. It's so good to be here with you all today. This bright light. And we want to welcome online campus. Happy to have you with us here today. I am um, so grateful for this opportunity. I don't know if they have my slide. Do you have a slide for me? I wanted to show you something. Maybe, maybe not. Okay, while they find that slide, if they find it, if not, it's okay. Just let me know if you think it's coming. Okay, so I just wanna say good morning. I am very happy to be here this morning. I first give honor to God for this opportunity to stand before you today. And obviously wanna thank our pastors, Pastor Michael and Pastor Heather. I know that every time somebody stands up here, they always say, the best pastors ever. They, that's exactly right. It is the truth. And so if you have not had the opportunity to meet Pastor Heather or Pastor Michael, and maybe this is your first time with us here, we've already said welcome, but I'm gonna say welcome again to you. But I'm also gonna say, make sure you come back next week because you want to meet Pastor Michael and Pastor Heather. They are like the best ever. I have been um, here with Citizen Heights I was calculating in my head for 16 years, believe it or not. And um, you don't stay in a house for 16 years if things aren't right. And so I'm telling you, I love the fact that they love God, that they love people, and they have a true, true love for each and every one of us. So, um, and then finally, um, my husband, I know he's like, what are you doing? So. I know, I'm sorry. Um, so, and, and it was just so funny because I guess last month somebody was like, you're married? I'm like, yeah, I am. We will be celebrating 39 years this year. So, so I, am, I am so grateful for him. I thank God that he is truly a man of God, a man after God's heart, a man who loves to pray, and a man with faith in God like no other. So and he's mine, thank you Lord, so, so, okay, no slide, it's okay, it's all right, okay, so we are in the Blessed Life um, series, so today is the last installment, and we've been learning to let God multiply, and so I'm very excited about today, because the subtitle for today is, Am I Generous?, and so we're going to start with John 12, and we're going to read from um, 12 verses 1 through 6. And this is in the NIV version, and it says, Then, six days before Passover, Jesus came to Bethany, where Lazarus, who was who had been dead, whom he had raised from the dead. There they made him a supper, and Martha served. But Lazarus was one of those who sat at the table with him, 
Then Mary took a pound of very costly oil of spikenard, anointed the feet of Jesus, and wiped his feet with her hair, and the house was filled with the fragrance of the oil. I want to do a mirrored verse in um, Mark 14, 3, and it um, says, A woman came with an alabaster flask of ointment, of pure nard, very costly, and she broke the flask and poured it over his head. I'm going to come back to this. We're going to go back to John 12 and read 5 and 6. It says, But one of Jesus' disciples, Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, who would betray him, said, Why was this fragrant oil not sold for 300 denarii and given to the poor? Now, pay attention. This he said... Not that he cared for the poor, but because he was a thief and had the money box. Now, the two of those in one sentence together is concerning, okay? And he used to take what was put in it. And then Mark 14, 4 says, this is just to give more context. There were some who said to themselves indignantly, why was the ointment wasted like that? So what I like about this passage of scripture is that it shows the true heart of Mary and the true heart of Judas. And so for Mary, I like to call this um, the heart focus. So what is your heart focus? So Mary's heart focus was on generosity, and we're going to go more deeper into this. And Judas's heart focus was on greed and selfishness. So what I would ask for you today to think about, what is the state of your heart? So I ask, and we should ask ourselves, are we generous people? Are you a generous person? So we're gonna talk about what really does that look like to be generous? So generosity, believe it or not, is something that is embedded in you. So it should be an overflow of your life. So it is um, a powerful way that you should be thinking. It should be a powerful way that you are planning, a powerful way that you are living, and a powerful way that you are giving. Yeah. So when you start to see things through the eyes of generosity, you will begin to see all kind of opportunities where you can show your generosity. And to show, give an example, um, when we were in California, uh, Charles and I, we had two cars. Two, I've always been a two-car family, and um, one of our cars we needed to replace. And so we were trying to figure out what we were going to do. And I don't even remember why this couple even came up to us. Um, and it could have been because Charles had mentioned it in prayer. Um, but she had said, um, she's like, we have this car. You know, we've got like two years on the lease. Um, we're not using it. Um, you know, do you want to use the car? So I'm like, okay, so let me make sure I understand. You know, you got to make sure you understand the details, right? So I'm like, okay, so what exactly does that mean? So she goes, what that means is I will give you the keys, we will make the payment, and we will cover the insurance for two years. So I was, and so that is an example of generosity flowing from our lives. And so 
while they were the ones blessing us, it also enabled us to bless others because it freed up money that we weren't paying for a car payment or for car insurance. So we were able to give more to the house of God and also be able to be obedient when God asked us to do something. So, um, so okay, so that is how generosity is supposed to be flowing from us. So today we're gonna cover three points. And so the first point is my obedience breaks my selfishness. So the enemy of generosity is selfishness. And so the two of them cannot operate together. So we're gonna look at the scripture that we were just looking at and we're gonna divide it up. And so the first part of this, we're gonna look at um, uh, the actions of Judas. And so the definition of selfishness means to be concerned excessively or exclusively with oneself. It also means seeking or concentrating, which I thought was quite interesting, concentrating on one's own advantage, pleasure, or well-being without regard for others. The fact that someone would be sitting concentrating on how can I get this advantage? That's deep. I mean, that's really deep. So well, let's talk about this. So when we look at Judas, truly, his character in this scripture is basically defined in this definition. <laughs> he was definitely concerned for what can I get out of this situation. And I say that because this scripture kind of describes what his motives and his intent was. He was looking out for himself. He was being deceptive because he said, why did you sell this? We could have sold this and given the money to the poor, but the scripture said, that's not what really he was concerned about. That's what he wasn't concerned about that because he was a thief and he carried the money box and he had already stolen money from it before he was trying to see how can I get more money into this box so that I can profit from this? So that was, um, so that was him. But Hebrews 4.12 says, For the word of God is a discerner, capable of judging the purposes of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. So regardless of what he would have said to us, he would have said to me, it doesn't matter because God knows. So I say to you, <laughs> whatever you may be, whatever you may say from your mouth, it should match what's coming from your heart because God knows what that intent is. So this is the other thing that I thought was quite interesting that also goes to um, the fact that Judas was contemplating and concentrating on how he could benefit from the situation because in the scripture it says that you could smell the smell of the fragrance of the oil that it filled the whole house so um, sparknard was a very peculiar oil so that the scent you knew the scent when you smelt it and so just just imagine being in the house she has broken the vase, she's pour, poured out the oil, and this, the aroma is now has just filled the whole house. And I'm sure Judas was at the table talking, and then when he smelled it, not only did he recognize the scent, but he recognized that it was costly because he said how much money they could have gotten if they sold it for the poor. 
I mean, can, but can you just think about that for a moment? You're sitting at the table with Jesus. They are anointing him with the costly oil. And in your mind, you were thinking, this should have been sold. Although I say it should have been sold for the poor, but really it should have been sold so that money could have been in the box that I could have access to whenever I wanted it. That is deep. That is deep. I was like, and so then the other part is that I love how John is just to the point. He said that he was a thief. <laughs> he was a thief. Now, I didn't call him a thief. John called him a thief. I'm just using John's words, okay? But when you think about that word thief, who really wants to be called a thief? Because I'm thinking, okay, you guys have been in ministry for some time here. Your acquaintances, your acquaintance is referring to you as a thief. So he knows your true character. But to be called a thief, what would that feel like? What would that feel like to be known as a thief by even people who, who know you? And so um, I didn't, the picture didn't come up there, but I'm going to tell you what it was. It was a joke, and hopefully you guys would have gotten the joke. But what it was, this goes to show you that we have a humorous pastor. Pastor Michael sent me this um, clip, um, and it was of um, a church. Thank God it's not, it is not our church. But in the, in the clip, it said, um, will a man rob God? Big bold letters. It's on a bulletin board. And then it says Malachi 3.8. And then it says non-tithing members. And then it had list of papers with people's name on it. Okay, so let me just say, when I saw that, I started cracking up. I thought that was the funniest thing. Number one, that Pastor Michael would send it to me. Number two... That was hilarious. And then the fact that, of course, it didn't happen in our house. So that made it even funnier. So, but, so, but even Pastor Michael talked about last week, um, and um, Pastor Chasen had mentioned this a little bit even, Malachi 3.8, where it talks about, will a man rob God? So I wanted to read that um, from the New Living Translation, and it said, should people cheat God? And this is God talking. Should people cheat God? Yet you have cheated me. But then we say, what do you mean, God? When did we ever cheat you? Then God says, you have cheated me in the tithes and offering due to me. The tithe belongs to God. Say it with me. The tithe belongs to God. It is his. Haggai 1, 5 through 7 says, now this is what the Lord Almighty says, give careful thought to your ways. You have planted much, but harvest little. You eat, but never have enough. You drink, but never have your fill. You put on clothes, but you are not warm. You earn wages only to put them in a purse with holes in it. This is what the Lord Almighty says, Give careful thought to your ways. Now, the thought or the fact that the Lord said that twice should make you pay attention. Give careful thought to your ways. That means that you need to think about what you have done, and because of what you've done, 
What are you currently enduring? And then you want to ponder earnestly whether you have gained by seeking yourself at the expense or sacrifice of God. Give careful thought to your ways. Now, I'm not pointing the finger at anybody because I am talking about myself as well because we all have selfishness in us. We, do, we just do. That's just the way we were born. God knows that and he wants to do everything possible to help us get beyond and to overcome that. So if you're sitting here today and you're saying to yourself in your mind, I just can't seem to get a break on anything. Like every time I do this, this happens. Every time I do that, that happens. My car seems to be breaking down. Every time I turn around, I'm doing a repair in my house, in my apartment, something. I would ask you to give careful thought to your ways. What is it that you're doing that is not allowing God to bless you in the way that he would want to bless you? This past week, was Valentine's, and um, I decided, I said, mm, with a little prompting, that I would, this wasn't prompting from Charles, though, um, I would bless him with a, um, a monetary gift in his card, and so, um, so I, I placed the card on his desk, and, and he had gone out to go get a package that had come in. I was expecting a package from my, my dad and my stepmom. They were sending me some fruit from their trees, and um, so the box came, I opened the box, and on the, in the box is a card. And so it's a, a happy belated birthday card. And so inside the card literally was double of what I had given Charles as a gift. Now you could say to me, okay, Lashana, well you were gonna get the gift anyways. And so, but what I would say to you is this. 10 years ago, my dad said to me and my siblings, you guys are old enough. I don't need to send you money anymore for your birthdays. You know, so we're like, okay, dad, not a problem. So my dad has not sent me money in 10 years. And literally in the card was double. I showed Charles, I'm like, I got double back of what I gave you. So, I mean, so, I mean, just an act of generosity flowing, flowing from who we are. Second point, my willingness, my willingness releases an extravagance of generosity. God is a generous God. So let's d d define the word generous. It means giving or giving freely and bountifully, lavishly, stresses warm-hearted readiness to give more than size or importance of the gift. I love this that it talks about your heart is ready to do it, not even concerned about what the amount is, you just want to do it. And the liberal, which suggests open-handedness in the giver and largeness in the, the thing or amount given. So now I want to look at how Mary, look at Mary in the scripture based on her act of generosity. So it's very evident that Mary loved Jesus. She came ready to bless him extravagantly with her alabaster box. And within it, as we've already heard, was her expensive oil. And this oil, 300 denarii, is worth a year's wage. Like, let that sink in. I mean, because I'm thinking, if Charles had bought me some perfume that was worth a year's wage, 
I would be barely using it. Or you know how sometimes when you spray yourself and you miss yourself and you get mad so you try to, you know, make sure you don't, you don't, you know, waste any. So, so I'm like, so a year's wage, not even a second thought, broke the flask and poured it on him. Not even a second thought. How many of us would have had to think twice about that? And what if that was a gift that was given to her and she knew, well, she knew the value of it. Would we have a second thought about blessing somebody with it? That was not a second thought for her. The one thing of it is that that, um, that alabaster box was sealed because she had to break it. And that normally indicates that this is a one-time use, which means that she... It was in its purest form when she poured it on the Father. And so I would say that Mary showed how grateful she was to God. And so the reason why she was grateful, if you will recall, um, in the scripture it talks about Lazarus, who was dead but had been raised. Her that was her brother, and God raised him from the dead two months ago. So you know she was grateful and willing to do what was necessary to show the Lord her gratefulness. Grateful people are generous people. Her act was an act of worship. And what I love about this is that what we should take from this is that God is not moved by the amount. He's moved by our heart. John 3.16 says, So for God loved the world that he gave his only son. That is the picture of God's love for us. He loved us so much that he gave his only son, that he had him die on the cross for us so that we would have eternal life. That was God's gift to us. Mark 12.42-44 says, And a poor widow came and put in two small copper coins which make a penny. And he called his disciples to him and, so, and said to him, Truly I say to you, this poor widow has put in more than all, who, all those who are con contributing to the offering box. For they all contributed out of their abundance. But she, out of her poverty, has put in everything she had, all she had to live on. God's not concerned about the amount. He's concerned about the heart. So being a generous giver is giving outside of your financial comfort zone. A lot of us are okay with giving, okay with giving to God, because it's within your means. It's something I can do. But what if something happens and you become stretched in your giving? What are you going to do? Are you going to continue to tithe, give the Lord what's his? As Pastor Jason and Pastor Michael have said, the first 10% is what redeems all the rest. 90% blessed by God is better than 100% not blessed by God. There are three levels of giving. There is the offering, the tithe, and the extravagant offerings. I'm not there yet, but that is what I'm striving to get to. Um, there is, um, they say that there's only five to seven percent of Christians that tithe the 10 percent of their gross earnings. So this is what I say. That will not be the case for this house. 
That will not be the case for this house. I mean, we just finished singing, God is more than able. God is more than able. We need to get that in our hearts. We are always saying that we are a generous church. Those are not Jet's words. That is who we are to our core. That's who we are. And it can't be just words. It has to be action. And maybe, maybe, you're, maybe you say, you know, Lashana, I am with you 100%. I'm just not there yet. I'm going to say to you, you got to start someplace. You got to start someplace. If you can't do 10%, start someplace and pray to the Lord. Lord, help me get to where I need to be. He's going to provide that for you. But you got to trust him. Matthew 6.31 says, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. I have to read this scripture. Um, this is 2 Chronicles 1.8, and this is a picture of God's extravagant generosity. And it says, Solomon answered, you were extravagantly generous with David, my father, and now you have made me king in his place. Establish, God, the words you spoke to my father. Yes, give me wisdom and knowledge as I come and go among this people. For who on his own is capable of leading these, your glorious people? God answered Solomon. This is what has come out of your heart. God cares about the heart. You didn't grasp for money, wealth, fame, or even the doom of your enemies. You didn't even ask for a long life. You asked for wisdom and knowledge so that you can govern well my people over whom I've made you king. Because of this, I will get, you will get what you ask for, wisdom and knowledge. And... I'm presenting you the rest as a bonus. Money, wealth, fame, and beyond anything the kings before or after you had or will have. I don't think you got that. I don't think you got that. That was the bonus. When is the bonus more than the actual gift? That's how our God does things when we are obedient to his word. Jesus, last point, quickly. My reward and remembrance is helping people see God's goodness. Mark 14:9 says, Surely I say to you, wherever the gospel is preached in the whole world, what this woman, Mary, has done will also be told as a memorial to her. This woman was remembered for pointing people to God's goodness. This is where we want to be as a people, as a church. This is what we want to do. This is what Heart for the House is all about. Pastor Chase and Martinez already talked about that. 
but heart for the house is us being willing to be generous with what God has given us so that we can partner with other organizations or people to help other people that know, don't know about God to see God's goodness. It's that simple. It's that simple. We do this for no other reason but to help others see God's goodness. We don't do this to be rewarded, but God will reward us anyway, just as he did Mary. We don't see do this to be remembered, but God will remember. Romans 10, 11 says, anyone who trusts in him will never be disgraced. He, he gives generously to all who call on him. For everyone who calls him, on the name of the Lord will be saved. But who can they call on, I'm sorry, but how can they call on him to save them unless they believe in him? And how can they believe in him if they have never heard about him? And how can they hear about him unless someone tells them? Heart for the house. Heart for the house. So in the definition of generous, Nowhere does it say that we do what we do because we expect to get something in return. But selfishness will say, I'm always concentrating on how I can get the advantage or the pleasure. And they expect something in return and they think that God owes them something as well. But without faith, it is impossible to please him at all. It's something you need. For he who comes to God must believe once and for all that he is the one true God and that he is the one who is the rewarder of those who diligently seek him. So it's not only asking or seeking, but it's also knocking at the door. He is a rewarder. He is a rewarder. He is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. In Romans, we said he gives generously to all who call on him. In 2 Corinthians, we saw how the bonus that he gave to Solomon when he answered his prayer. God is the same yesterday, <laughs> today, and forever. He is the rewarder. Let's pray. Father God, we come before you today, Lord. Father, I thank you that you are so good, Lord God, that you are such a good God, that you are a generous God. Father, we thank you that you have given us examples of how to be generous. Father, we thank you that you have made us to be people of generosity, Lord God. Father, that it is something that is embedded in us, Lord, that it is who we are, Lord God. Father, I'm asking that you would just speak to every single person here today, Lord God, wherever it is that you need for them to make a different move, Lord God, that you would speak to them. Father, and I ask that they will be obedient to what you would say. It is your obedience, Lord God, that helps us being obedient to you is what um, gets rid of that selfishness in our heart. Father, and it may not even be a financial thing. It could be something as simple as going to a neighbor and taking out the trash. But whatever the act 
of generosity would be, Lord God. We thank you that we have ears to hear what you are saying and that we are willing to do the work, Lord God, that we are not second-guessing anymore when you asked us to do something, that we will be obedient to that, Lord. So, Father, I just thank you for everyone in this house today, Lord God. I ask your blessings to rest on each and every person in this house today, Lord God. Father, I thank you that those that have been praying and have been waiting on answers to prayer, Lord, we thank you, Lord God, that you are sending the answers now, Lord. Father, we thank you, Lord God, that they will know that you are a God that does not lie, that you are a rewarder of those who diligently seek you you, Lord. Father, we thank you for your goodness. Thank you, Lord, that you, you say that we have not even seen all that you want to do for us. So, Father, we just say we are here, Lord God, to be your vessels. Use us, Lord God, as you would see fit, Lord God. And we thank you for your blessings that you have for us. In your name I pray. And now I just want to pray for those who may not know Jesus. We just ask that you keep your eyes closed. If you have not heard about the God that I spoke about today, and you've said, Lashana, who is he? What is it all about Jesus? I know I was invited here today, but I really don't really understand the relationship. What is that all about? Jesus is standing with arms wide open, waiting for you to say yes to him. He wants a relationship with you. He wants you to call him father. He wants to, you to be his child. Jesus died on the cross for you so that you would have eternal life. He loves you more than you could ever imagine. Don't get in your head thinking about, but I've done this, I've done that. It doesn't matter. God loves you just the way you are. Just come to him. And whatever it is that are your challenges, he will help you. He will help you. So for those of you who don't know God, but would like a relationship with him, eyes are closed. I'm not going to embarrass you at all. I'm going to just ask that you raise your hand when I count to three. And then we're all going to pray together a prayer. One, you are in need of a relationship with the Father God. Two, he loves you more than you will ever know. His love cannot be compared to anything else. Three, if that speaks to you, you can raise your hand. I see your hand. Thank you, Jesus. If everybody will pray with me. Father God, I come to you. I thank you, Lord Jesus, that you love me. Father, I thank you that you have forgiven me for all my sins. Father, you said if I call on your name and believe that you rose from the dead, that I will be saved. I thank you that you are my father. I thank you that I am your son or daughter. Thank you for loving me. In Jesus' name, 
I am a Christian. In Jesus' name, amen.